Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place, even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice McDonald. Welcome to the Fearless Women podcast. You know what's on my mind these days? Women's leadership, particularly in the political realm. I'm delighted to have this next guest join me to talk about her move into politics. And she's going to talk about that, uh, what it takes to throw your hat in the ring, and so much more. My guest is City Councillor and Deputy Mayor Jenna Suds, and I'll tell you all about her. But first, hey, thank you for tuning in from across Canada and so many other countries like UK, USA, France, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, just to name a few. It's great to have all of you joining us. I'm so glad you love to listen every week to the inspiring guests we feature. These important conversations with the unafraid keep our fearless community growing. So tell your friends to listen and hey, follow us on Instagram too, please. And if you don't already have one, pick up a copy of my beautiful best-selling book, Fearless Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision. Find it at your favorite local bookstore or online at Amazon, Indigo, Barnes and Nobles, and others. It's a perfect gift for the holidays. And you know, you can always email us at fearlesswomenpodcast at gmail.com. And yes, 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 if you love the show, show the love with a five-star rating. It's welcome and appreciated. So I'm delighted, as I said, to welcome Jenna suds to the show today. She is a city councillor in Ottawa, Canada's capital city, and was recently appointed deputy mayor. She's had an interesting career before deciding to jump into politics. She worked for the federal government as an economist for 12 years before running two different organizations. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much, Janice. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, delighted, Jenna. So, you know, from leading organizations to becoming a politician, it takes guts to put yourself out there. And you've become such an important voice around the council table. So tell us about this current role and why you love it. Sure. Um, so I I very randomly made the decision uh, probably about three <laughs> years ago that uh, I was going to uh, throw my name in the ring and run for city council here in Ottawa. And honestly, that decision really stemmed from a desire to do more in my community, to do work that felt impactful and important to me and for my family. And I've I've always been very engaged in my community, but this felt like a way to really amp that up and do important work. And it's really uh, materialized as just as I expected in that regard. You know, my ability at the council table and at City Hall to help shape our community as it continues to grow and help address issues as they arise, uh, big and small. 
it's work that uh, really resonates with me and, and feels important. And I love how you're using technology and the digital platforms to really keep uh, your community engaged. And I think that probably has a lot to do with your background in tech. <laughs> Did you want to talk about that kind of that idea of? of um... Sure. Well, I think I'm, I'm quite fortunate in that uh, in my past life, before becoming city councillor, I had the honour of working in a few capacities, one of which was running our business association here in Canada's largest technology park, uh, located here in uh, my part of the city in Canada. And through that role and and others, uh, I really gained a, a deep appreciation for the expertise and the technologies that are being developed and deployed from right here in Ottawa in the nation's capital. And, you know, fast forwarding to today and my role as city councillor and deputy mayor, it's 100% necessary that I leverage whatever technology, whatever tools I have at my disposal to make sure that I am in touch and communicating with residents in our city. It's what I believe people expect. Um, you know, digital has certainly become our, our mainstay. And um, I, I think particularly during COVID, we've, we've seen the growing importance of, of digital. So as we have continued to adapt technology in our day-to-day lives, uh, government and political leaders, I, I think, need to keep up and make sure that we leverage those tools to to keep in touch with our residents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so incredible. And and you have really an ambitious approach to keeping people connected. And I think it's wonderful. So let's talk about actually <laughs> what it takes to say, yes, <laughs> I'm going to you know, put my name on the ballot and go for it. Because running for office, uh, we know we need diverse voices at the table. That's, you know, the, the business case for that is made in, in mm-hmm. every realm. But certainly there are challenges and yet an exciting opportunity as well as you've so clearly shared in terms of being able to shape the community that we live in, in the immediate, but also as we look at into the future as well. But, you know, for other women, what do you want to say to them about running for (laughs) office? What's your pitch? Well, uh, I think that uh, it's, unfortunately, it is, it can be a very daunting decision and job. And I think that because it's just so public, you are putting yourself out there um, for those with families, you know, there's families attached to that. And uh, it can feel very scary. But Mm -hmm. having said that, I think, and as you've just articulated, it is so important to have diverse voices at these tables, whether it's, you know, your local level, your provincial level, your federal level, you know, it is so important that we are represented, that we have diverse voices, and we've got a lot of work to do to get there. And, you know, I have three daughters and uh, I want them to to see women leaders. I want our policies across the country as they're developed. I want them to be developed from all perspectives, including obviously women. So I, I think, you know, as daunting as it may be, 
the upside, the positives, the impact of doing so, I think is so, so far reaching. And it's funny, actually, just this morning, I, I had an email from someone who reached out to congratulate me on, on deputy mayor. And she said to me in this email, she was talking about when she was younger and she was in school and she had to do a project. It involved the mayor of Canada, this community uh, mm -hmm. of the day who was a female. And she said to me, she remembers clearly at the time thinking, I didn't realize a female could be mayor. Mm. And, you know, that that just that to me resonates. I think, um, you know, it's important to to be seen, to be visible, to be doing impactful work that will inspire others as well to to step up to the challenge. And I think in your case, you talked about a female mayor uh, mm -hmm. who, you know, has uh, gone on to be a mentor and champion of yours. So can you talk about that? You know, the importance of having that, you know, this idea of you've got to see it to be it. And you had yes. such a great example of yes. somebody, you know, who also has been that that champion, mm -hmm. I think is so incredible. Yeah, agreed. And and, you know, I think often we hear in politics for women, they wait to be asked to run. They wait to be asked to put their name forward. We're, we're a little bit more hesitant to come forward. And I would mm -hmm. put myself in that category as well. I did have uh, the benefit of, of having a great mentor still do in our previous counselor here in, uh, in Canada. And uh, that counselor who was once the mayor back when we were Canada on our own, she asked me to run. She uh, certainly took me under her wing uh, years back, frankly, before I had even thought about politics and uh, really offered uh, her wisdom and her insights. And I think uh, and beyond uh, this, is Marianne Wilkinson was her name, beyond Marianne, I've had the benefit of uh, mentors and champions throughout my career, men and women. And I feel so thankful for those relationships, for all that I've learned through those relationships and these leaders. And I think hands down, that has helped shape my, my journey. Uh, it has helped build my, my confidence when making tough decisions. And I think it's so important that those who are able to and are in that position to to pay that forward to those around us as well. Mm, I love that. Tennis champion and social justice warrior Billie Jean King once said, the most important words that have helped me in life when things have gone right or when things have gone wrong are accept responsibility. Does this quote resonate with you, Jenna? Absolutely. Uh, I think we all, throughout our, our life journey, we make mistakes. No one's perfect. Uh, we might have good intentions, but they don't always play out uh, as we intended. But I think at the end of the day, we, we have to take responsibility for our actions. I think, you know, flipping back to, you know, our discussion around mentorship, I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot to be said um, in feedback and in those discussions that you may have uh, with your mentors along the way. 
that you recognize, you start to recognize some of those weaknesses that you may have and some of those strengths that you may have and mistakes you've made along the way that you can make peace with. Um, whether they're small or big depends on how much peace you have to make, but I think it's certainly an important part of the journey. I think also uh, the idea that I, I like about this quote is equally, and sometimes I think uh, women can sometimes struggle with this, accepting responsibility also when things have gone right. You know, I did that. I made that happen. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So um, given, you know, that uh, in your role, it's public, obviously, and people aren't afraid to tell you what they think about the job you're doing for them, you know, whether they voted for you or not. How do you handle criticism? Mm-hmm. That is, in this role, probably one of the biggest challenges that I think I faced early on uh, from mm-hmm. right when I threw my name in the ring and decided to run all of a sudden, you know, your life is very public and people uh, generally feel as though they can say what they like. And, and I would say mostly on social media, um, mm-hmm. you know, you really expose yourself to that potential vitriol on, on social media but, I'll, yeah. you know, I my strategy, first of all, I don't engage um, on social if it is, uh, it, you know, if it's unfounded. I, I certainly don't play into that. But on a on a high level for me, and, and this is this came actually from from Brené Brown. I live by the motto that if you're not in the arena also, if you're Mm -hmm. not getting your ass kicked on occasion, (laughs) I'm not interested or Mm -hmm. open to your feedback. I Uh, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't, it's on my wall here in my office. (laughs) I I love words to live by. Um, I so agree, Jenna. Oh my gosh. I so agree. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's words to live by. Yeah, I love that. And and I think it's so important to have that kind of a a powerful reminder, you know, at yes. your eyesight to to daily. kind of uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> daily. Yeah, cuz you know, you're you you are out there. So, yeah. You run a lot. You run 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 run. How do you make time <laughs> for exercise and self-care cuz you also are, you know, a mother as you mentioned of three girls. Mm-hmm. You have you have a busy life. How do you prioritize Yes. Well, you know, I think uh, if mom isn't happy, nobody's happy. So <laughs> first of all, True. but I, I started running after I had my second daughter. And uh, for me, it was really just about obviously being healthy and investing time in myself, but also just that time for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, here we are 12 years later, and that's still very much the case. Uh, I start my day at 530. And mm-hmm. I get my workout in early, whether that's a run or a workout, whatever's on for the day. But that is a priority. And you never miss a workout. If I miss it, I beat myself up for the entire day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so, so important. You know, it's easy to say it's too busy of a day or I'm too tired, mm-hmm. but nobody is going to invest in yourself. Otherwise, it's up to you to take yeah. that time to disconnect, 
Um, you know, I, I, I joke that on my runs is when I solve all the world's problems because, <laughs> you know, you clear your yeah. brain, <laughs> you, bet. You, you never know where it ends up thinking, but, um, but I just think it's so critically important to take that time for myself, uh, and schedule it. It's in my calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't negotiable non-negotiable. I, I don't make excuses for it. It's, uh, it's my time and I prioritize it. So what about aside from going into politics, what's a, what's a time you were fearless? <laughs> aside from that, cause that was definitely mm-hmm. a, a scary move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that I would, uh, say back, um, oh goodness, I think it was around 2000 and 12 when I left the federal government. Uh, so I had uh, moved to Ottawa in 2001. I had just graduated and I moved here for this dream job with the federal government with my pension and my great salary and all the benefits that went with it. And, and in all honesty, growing up, that was my aspiration, uh, you know, moving from Niagara yeah. Falls to the capital city and working for our federal government. Uh, was really what I thought I was going to do my entire life. <laughs> so yeah. um, come 2012, at that point, I had three daughters and I had moved around a bit in the federal government, but I wasn't doing work that really resonated. Mm-hmm. And I had this great opportunity to be the founding executive director for a brand new business association representing our technology park. It was an opportunity to build something from the ground up to do things I've never done before. I didn't know a single person who worked in the park. I was leaving behind my cushy salary and my benefits. And I just walked away. And it was, it was terrifying. It was, it was a very bold move. I think uh, my parents definitely thought it was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but in the end, I found, uh, I found out I had skills I never knew I had. I built an amazing network of colleagues and friends. And I never looked back. It was mm-hmm. uh, definitely just such a great decision for me. But incredibly scary at the time. Yeah, but you did it. You went for yes. it. And that, that's, yeah. that's very inspiring. What's something you wish you knew earlier, Jenna? Something I wish I knew earlier. Um, I, I think I wish I knew that it would be okay to slow down mm. um, and just savor moments. Savor yeah. moments. Well, okay. I was that kid who fast-tracked high school you know, did my five years and four years. And then I went to university and I fast-tracked university, did my four years and three years, you know, had multiple jobs on the go. I was just very go, 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 go. And at that point, all with the eye on the prize of getting to Ottawa and getting a federal government job. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, that that happened. I was young and uh, I married young, married well, lovely husband, but married mm-hmm. young. I was 25 uh, had kids by 27. So we just, you know, things just happened quickly, which felt fine at the time. But now, you know, I'm, I'm 41 years old and I look back and I think I wish I had a slowed down and en- enjoyed the journey more um, and savored some of those moments, uh, maybe traveled a little more. I just, you know, it's easy in hindsight 
to be able to to say that. And, and I try to live by that now that I have that knowledge. I try to be present. I try to savor all the moments uh, as they as they happen. But I, I certainly wish I knew that at a younger age. Mm, that's poignant. So when you look out at the world and think, hmm, 2030, what do you think it'll look like? <laughs> what do you think it'll be like? 2030, you know, that's not that far away, Janice. No, it's wild, it sounds wild far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it it's far not off. that far away. Yeah, so nine years from now. Well, I think we will, from a technology perspective, you know, our, our children will be native adopters of all new technologies as they're already becoming. I think mm-hmm. we will be much more digitally connected. Uh, my hope is that, um, again, I'm from a technology perspective, I, I think Wi-Fi needs to become a public utility that is free and accessible to all, no matter where you are in the country. Um, because I think that is really, a, you know, a lifeline to economic stability and education. I think education, particularly higher education, will look much more different, much mm-hmm. more differently, excuse me, than than it used to. And, and we're starting to see that transition, unfortunately, due to, to uh, COVID of this um, realization that we don't all need to be in the same place to learn and to work. And I think the impacts of that, uh, you know, we'll see you 10 years out, but I, I expect that trend will dramatically change how we go about our lives. And, and I think in a positive way, it's not all negative. I, you know, perhaps right now it feels like, uh, you know, this technology has been forced upon us to, to work and to, to, to do school. And I think there'll become a balance, but there'll be options, which I, I think people value. You've done so many interesting things already in your career. What's the most remarkable thing you've either seen or experienced? <laughs> again, I think I'll get a little bit sappy here on you, Janice, but um, again, okay. I like sappy. 40, yeah, <laughs> 41 years old. I, I think I would say to you, um, how do I say this? I never knew I could love so deeply. And I say that like having obviously a mother of three, I feel so fortunate, uh, an incredible husband. You know, I think as I get older, I just have this deeper appreciation for the people in my life and, um, and how beautiful that is, frankly. Mm. Mm. Sappy. <laughs> it's, um, no, it's just so beautiful. And I, I thank you for sharing that. It's such an authentic, beautiful thing to say. And yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I think you're so right. <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> um, so final question, Jenna. So what's your dream for Canada? My dream for Canada. Well, I, I'm very patriotic. I, I won't deny that about myself. And, you know, I, I'm incredibly proud of the Canadian values, I think, that we hold as a country and are held in regard around the world. And, you know, I, I hope that we will continue to be that, that thoughtful, caring country that we are that we continue to invest in people's health and education, 
um, continue to value fairness, democracy, economic security, and equality. Equality, I think, you know, we touched on this earlier, but, you know, I think it's incredibly important as we continue to evolve as a country that uh, men and women are truly viewed as equals in all aspects of their life, including the workplace. Uh, I want to see equal representation on all levels of government. And, uh, you know, I think we'll get there. I think we can get there with some determination and persistence and really following those Canadian values. Mm. Such a beautiful dream for Canada and (laughs) such an inspiring person. One of my favorite people, but you already know that, Jenna. I mean, we are just so lucky to have you leading the charge. And congratulations again on your uh, latest accomplishment as Deputy Mayor of the City (laughs) of Ottawa, Canada. So delighted. And I hope you will come back again and keep us updated on how we're doing on all things (laughs) that you care about (laughs) as you continue to make our city and also the country better. And, and, And just know that you are inspiring girls and women to really think differently. And and so you just keep shining that light. Well, thank you, Janice. And and thank you for the important work that you've been doing as well. I know you're a fierce advocate for equality as well. And you've done some tremendous work in this podcast. uh, You know, I regularly listen to you as I'm out on my runs and out and about. And it's always inspiring to hear the guests on your show and what they're up to. So thank you. Promise you'll come back. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's great. So you've been listening to Jenna Suds. Isn't she amazing? And city councillor in Ottawa, Canada and deputy mayor. Thank you again for joining us today on the fearless women podcast. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin and Export Development Canada. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca women.